Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Amchar Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Amchar Critics of the Game. I am your host Ajit. Today, I have a very special guest, a childhood friend of mine, Chetan. Hi Chetan, welcome to the podcast. Hi Ajit, thank you. We have known each other for a long time, but you know, just for the sake of our viewers, if I were to ask you, what drew you to this game, cricket? Uh, first of all, thank you for having me on this talk. And uh, growing up in India, I think everybody is uh, hooked on to the game of cricket. We all have our uh, childhood heroes. So mine was uh, Sachin Tendulkar. And um, the intensity of the game pulls everybody towards the TV sets. And we also grew up playing the game. So I think it's a natural process here in India. So that's how I fell in love with this game. I know you still play cricket at some level. Do you still have the same passion that, that the one you felt as a schoolboy cricketer? Uh, I still have the passion to play, but I think uh, I've not been able to play at that level, which you know I hope for. Uh, but I think uh, during the uh, younger uh, uh, years of mine, I've played uh, sufficient cricket and I have enjoyed cricket to a good extent. So I think it's going to be stay with me until my last breath. Yes, indeed. It's going to stay with all of us. Let's yes. Alright, let's dive into the cricketing action from this week. So first, let's discuss the test match between South Africa and New Zealand, which for me was a bit disappointing. Considering that the South African team gave a very tough fight and in fact won a series at home, albeit, against a very tough Indian side, for them to lose the first test at Christchurch against New Zealand so tamely, were you surprised at all? 
to be honest i wasn't really that much surprised uh, because of two reasons one any team playing at home are very very strong to beat so that is the reason probably south africa also managed to beat india that is the first point the second point is that you know new zealand obviously are a very strong team at home given that their pitch conditions are very much different compared to even the neighboring country of australia the south african team that is playing the test match currently in new zealand is not one of the strongest they have a very very fragile batting order to say the least barring a couple of them who have kind of showed uh, resilience and you know good technique uh, at the test match level but uh, other than those two like dean elgar and uh, bauma i still don't see that metal in other players who can perform at the highest level across the uh, different countries so that is the main reason uh, you know they could not put up a very good performance and the other part is that the nature of the pitch itself in new zealand uh, along with the bounce there is at sometimes there is exaggerated seam movement and obviously the new zealand bowlers know how to exploit that and they have a very experienced bowling lineup who are playing uh, currently for new zealand relatively the news uh, the south african uh, seam attack is still learning so it comes with uh, you know a few visits to the new zealand probably in the next series they would know what lengths to bowl and you know and how to use the conditions well look you you have all of these coaching staff right you have a bowling coach and looking at how the cricket calendar is actually planned 12 to 24 months ahead you know that you are going to visit new zealand at a certain point in time what do you think the bowling coaches and the support staff would do you know they would already plan they would already probably place as we say cones in the nets and probably get bowlers to pitch there but is that not enough when you say when you go to a completely different conditions like south africa visiting new zealand see whenever you visit a different country the main thing is how quick you are to adapt to those conditions and that is something no matter how much uh, hours of training cannot bring give that to you so whenever there is a series coming up you can only prepare for that series after you have finished the current series that is going on so india and south africa were playing so obviously the focus would be on winning the test series in south africa for the south african team so after that whatever time period they got it is only that time period through in which they can actually plan for the new zealand series so like i said it again i go back to my previous point where the bowling attack is still <laughs> relatively young so they have to you know assess the conditions very very quickly that is why you had people like megrath or gillespie who were so intelligent in terms of assessing the conditions even in uh, the subcontinent pitches they were able to quickly assess the nature of the pitch and correct their lines in such a way that you know they could uh, you know kind of uh, uh, you generate the reverse swing or uh, use the you know the seam movement of a, even of a rough surface and things like that so obviously it is going to come with time uh, just to answer your point very quickly the support staff they can do only so much they can actually uh, give you insights they can give you tips they can give you a, a little bit of framework i can say as to how to uh, quickly assess the pitch but uh, majority of the things has to come from within the bowler to understand what is happening and how 
he should actually you know change his length or line etc but then once you begin the game you have a very experienced captain in dean elgar right i th- i thought he was very instrumental in the way south africa played and beat india when they played at home would he or somebody else like temba baum or somebody else who's in the leadership group of that team do you think they would have any say in how these things are done for example you talk to the bowler who stand at mid off or have a senior bowler stand at mid off for somebody like marco jansen who's still young will you think that helps it definitely helps but again i i say that you know south africa beating india in south africa was also contributed because of the fact that india became a little bit complacent after winning the first test match now coming to the leadership thing what happens is there is a set of predefined plans that are made before the start of the test series before the start of the test match and every day after the end of day's play so there is so much talk already happening that you don't want to go to the bowler during the match and you know overwhelm him with uh, too much information the bowlers need to be prepared what the leadership group does on the pitch is on the spot tactical and strategic thinking owing to what is happening at that particular moment for example let's say there has been 10 overs bowled by two fast bowlers right so they have bowled five overs well each the captain senses something the partnership is just let's say in 10 overs 35 or 40 so he senses something so that he wants to convey to the bowlers hey i observe this can you make this change or do you want this kind of a field placement based on the line and lengths you are bowling or he would probably come and say i notice that on this deck this line and length is not working can you make that change so these are the things that can happen on the on the pitch from the leadership group towards the bowlers but a majority of the learning that has to happen is already happened before the series which you know series starts or before the match or prior to the start of day's play you know why i'm i'm, I'm a bit bemused simply because you know mohammad shami is always a better second innings bowler they say is it simply because somebody like him you know he's relatively new when you look at the giants of the game like magrath all of these people probably they learned from how the pitch behaved in the first innings and then were better in the second innings because of that there's also learning that goes on during the match isn't it the learning definitely happens through the match i don't uh, deny that but more than that on the third day or the fourth day or the fifth day when they are bowling for the second innings the pitch has become already little bit abrasive so when you land the ball on the scene it is bound to do something that is the reason the bowlers like mohammad shami or megrath were so difficult to play because you are able to hit the ball on the rough patches or on that just that uh, in between area where there is slightly rough and slightly grass available to you so this learning through the match has happened when they have already played that 15 to 20 matches but during the second innings they are able to capitalize on that bring that experience into play and get the wickets much early i agree look in this game being bowled out for 95 on first day and then by the end of the first day we already considered the lead to the opposition right uh, the game is almost sunk but what i really was not happy about is they had taken three wickets out right south african bowling and look these are not absolutely nobodies you have kagisora bada 
you have Marco Janssen, you have Duane Olivier. All three performed very creditably in the India series. But you had Glendale Sturman who sort of knew. So, with injury to one of the other bowlers, they had to bring in Glendale Sturman. But what I was really surprised is the scoring rate. So, New Zealand scored at 4. When they made 482 and mainly there is this banker in their middle order and Henry Nichols who almost always scores. When playing at home, he takes his time. They let everybody else contribute. Like there was a lot of middle order scores and Tom Blundell ended scoring near 196. And then of course, Colin de Grandham a quick 45 there. Look, that's where I thought they let the game go. Even a lead of 150 could be sort of manageable. But the moment you've gotten so far ahead that, you know, when you come out to bat again, you are almost 380, 390 runs behind. There's no looking back at that, right? So, but for me, the question comes, will South Africa be able to adapt uh, in the upcoming tests? Because there are two more tests in the series. But would South Africa be able to adapt and try and win? Because we saw it with India. India are not as bad as travellers as they once used to be. But still India lost 2-0 in New Zealand, right? That was the only series loss that they had in their previous test championship cycle. Uh, do you see South Africa being able to bounce back at all? To be honest, I don't think they'll be able to do that. Simply because of the fact that uh, you have to change your lens very quickly. The South African bowlers have to change their lens very, very quickly. The, the first inning score that South Africa scored was probably like a high school score, yeah. right? So, with that kind of a score, even if you concede 180 runs lead, you are almost down the, you know, looking down the, you know, lose path, losing path. So, when the New Zealand middle order batsmen, they took their time to just get used to the line and lengths. And later on, they started scoring. Because there was still time left in that test match, there was nothing that South Africa could do. Going ahead in the series, like I said, maybe Rabada can adapt very quickly. But others, I think they're going to take that time. Because I don't know if their pace attack, uh, is it their second visit to the New Zealand or third visit, or if it's first visit. But if it's first visit, I think uh, there's going to be a lot of learning. And probably by the next series, they would know how to perform better. Yeah, I guess so. Look, probably Rabada has toured New Zealand before, but not the others. I can imagine it might not be that easy for them. Yes. Alright, we wish South Africa all the best. It looks like for now, New Zealand have the advantage. Absolutely. Now, let's move on. Let's quickly go through the India versus West Indies T20A series that's currently underway. So, it's two matches gone and India lead 2-0. So, if you go through it, both the matches have happened at Kolkata. And if you go through it match by match. So, when you look at the scorecard of the first match, right? So, India gave Ravi Bishnoi a chance here. Interestingly, he was the second leg break bowler in the 11 because Chahal also played. It was interesting and being a leg, leggy myself, it's very nice to see two leg break bowlers of different styles. Ravi Bishnoi is lower trajectory but faster. Chahal is not the most traditional of leg break bowlers, but he's more traditional than Ravi Bishnoi. So, Ravi Bishnoi got a chance and he won the player of the match. That's very nice to see. So, before we go on and get into the slight discussion about Ravi Bishnoi, my question is, did West Indies do enough in both the games? Because for me, in the first game, they were about 90 for 4 around the 14th over. From there, thanks to Nikki Puran, they were able to score 157. In subcontinent pitches, 157 at the highest level is not a very competitive score. And as it turned out, 
India were able to comfortably chase it, but well, they they had a little bit of a wobble themselves when Rohit Sharma and Ishan Kishan got out. But luckily, Swarkumar Yadav and Venkatesh, who's been quite a revelation in this series, he was able to help, and then India won this game. So I'll come back to my original question: Is there a lack of intent here from the West Indies in these two games? See, there is definitely no lack of intent, but I think they have too many players who act as or. whose role is to be floaters in the west indies team that is their biggest problem uh, if you look at the opening pairs for west indies in the last one year there have been too many changes in a 20 over match if you have that many changes and if you have too many floaters going around you still feel that your role is probably not defined or your place is not secure and uh, when you have uh, uh, players for almost you know hard hitters starting from number 3 all the way to number probably 10 9 or 10 their initial uh, approach would be to go hard at the ball that is why you notice that west indies lose w- wickets very very quickly and that happens at least 8 out of 10 times uh, other 2 out of 10 times they might have held on to the wickets but they would have probably consumed a, a few more balls in in you know setting up the target or you know even chasing the target so they need to have at least uh, five to six players who are fixed at certain numbers and they are told very clearly what their role is and how they should take the innings forward whether they are setting the score or chasing the score the remaining five people you can have them as floaters then you will start seeing results for the west indies team this i have been noticing for a very very long time uh, there is too many chopping and changing in the west indies team uh, you have too many bowlers coming in going out and uh, add to that they don't have what is what i just mentioned the players who are fixed to these uh, numbers and then where they are very clearly told that this is a, this is their role and responsibility in the team i think you hit it on the head when you said uh, they don't have a somebody who can bind the top order together right so you have somebody like darren bravo or maybe even roston chase in this 11 he's played both the games but he was not particularly successful i dare say he's not had a particularly successful tour at all and darren bravo i think is one of the most unfulfilled talents out there will not go there but uh, nicholas purin at 3 has done a wonderful job he set up the game in the first game he set up the total second one he did enough along with roman roman powell to try and chase it now for me somehow there is a lack of intent from the leadership group look i'll tell you something very weird the way i saw second odi a uh, second t20a kiran uh, pollard is on strike let's say they are trying to win by hitting big shots in the last two overs the game came, came quite close they lost by just eight runs now you are facing the last ball you are kiran pollard you have nine runs to win what would you do he blocked the last ball i don't know what's going on there so wouldn't you try to hit hope that it's a no ball maybe you connect well it's a six then you get another shot you can actually win the game i cannot understand the mindset behind blocking the ball the main reason i think is probably because he wanted to hold on to one end and did not want a wicket to fall because the other batsman at the other end was going at a good rate yes so that is probably one of the reason and also the uh, 
the bowlers were the indian bowlers were bowling pretty smartly i would say they were despite the conditions whatever it is whether it, there was enough dew or not we could never you know say that uh, absolutely but there was some uh, dew so as a bowler they were uh, you know as a bowling unit they were trying to do their best and it was very evident that they were thinking sp- uh, smartly and if you actually know about pollard's capability though he might block he he just needs two balls to finish the match so maybe that's one of the other reasons that the that he had that he just wanted to play out this particular bowler and get and wait for the next over and uh, to be honest uh, there uh, like i said the west indies batting lineup right uh, going back to the first t20i rossen chase came uh, you know pretty early and he consumed a lot of balls and that put a lot of pressure on the other batsmen and in fact the hard hitters never got a chance to get a decent number of balls to set up a good score and india you know chased down very quickly and you know they chased uh, pretty comfortably but in the second uh, t- t20 you know they realized their mistake that they had done in the first t20 and they promoted uh, uh, the the hard hitting batsmen uh, pretty early on and both puran and you know the other guy they went pretty hard at everything to be honest Powell. right they went pretty hard at everything the match changed because of three to four good overs that's all it was a matter of three to four good overs from the indian bowlers that ultimately kept the west indies team from winning so you have to be very smart in t20 uh, understand where the batsman is you know trying to hit and for what lengths he is waiting one over one smart over from bhuneshwar kumar and two excellent overs from ravi bishnoi where he did not pick up the wicket but he probably gave less than seven or eight runs in those two overs so that completely changed the balance of the game okay i'll come back to ravi bishnoi then right so we picked this up at the beginning but i parked it till the end because look i saw him bowl in two internationals i've been seeing him bowl for a while in ipl so for me there's a worry here he's uh, slightly faster as i said he doesn't toss up the ball but the thing is he has a way in which he relies more on the balls that come in than the balls that go out like rashid khan does that as well but we know rashid khan is a different kettle of fish right he's been continuously reinventing himself this is the most important thing you know we always come across wrist spinners or mystery spinners who are good in the first season but then they hit the skids in the second or the third season when people figure out they are probably potentially a one or two tick pony because they don't have the traditional loop and dip the thing that actually causes batsmen to miscue the shots and so on uh, ravi bishnoi is very young he's 21 right but do you see him potentially suffer from this sort of a problem or do you think he'll overcome it because he's still young enough and he can still reinvent himself or better himself see in today's cricket everybody is constantly evolving even if you go back to the days of muttaya mulliridan he also kept evolving he started adding lot of different variations to his uh, armory so improvement is part and parcel now because of the number of matches that are being played and people facing the same bowler over and over beat in the leagues or in the you know in the country series 
so you will get a natural tendency to read a certain bowler to a good extent but the bowler is also evolving he is also trying to understand the different uh, types of uh, batsmen so that evolution process is going to continue now coming back to the point of whether he is going to stay for a good period of time on the international circuit i think if he does not get carried away number 1 you know the initial success should not get into your head that's the first thing the second thing is that you have to maintain your uh, core capabilities as your primary weapons you stick to that your variations your improvisations have to become only 20 to 30% of your entire uh, bowling performance if you try to have 70% or 60% as new variations and new experimentation then you are bound to suffer because it's not going to happen overnight this is your current success is a result of last uh, 8 to 10 years of cricket that you have played so keep the improvisation slow add the new things at a you know slower uh, rate as part of your you know bowling package but stick to your core strengths then you are bound to see success you know over a su- sustained uh, period of time well i think i think you got that right at least according to you did because there are more experienced spinners off break bowlers who are too keen to experiment and too soon uh, while they are they may have folded wickets in the test series it's not the same right never mind let's move on i have a couple of let's say questions about one about each team from your perspective are our both teams ready for a world cup in australia it's 2022 it's a world cup year t20 world cup uh, the way they are gearing up is this are the teams sort of looking for forward enough let me make a very quick point here it has not been too long since the last t20 world cup and uh, post that previous t20 world cup which was held in the middle east there have been a lot of changes in all of the t20 teams as far as the personnel is concerned and no team is completely ready yet for the upcoming t20 so every team is going through a series of experimentation they are trying to assess the balance they are trying to assess who are the key players that should probably hold on to certain uh, numbers in the entire batting lineup and finally trying to pick the right players based on the australian conditions so all teams are in that process of evaluating and then trying to pick the best 16 member squad for their respective countries with the indian team there has been change in the leadership in terms of the captain there has been change in the coach and also the support staff so they would probably have their own set of processes that they are currently running so the results you that you are seeing you know is probably good because india won the two t20s but at the back they would be definitely seeing all the you know uh, areas where they know that you know they were they have not performed well and they want to improvise the same thing applies to west indies uh with west indies i think uh, a group of 18 to 20 similar faces have been surfacing as part of the national squad in the last 1 to 1 and 1/2 years 
of course there are some uh, names missing probably uh, andre russell and uh, i think uh, probably uh, one or two more okay who going to come back into this uh, setup eventually but for west indies it is very very important that they try to uh, bring in uh, a set batting lineup with three to four floaters not more than that if they can do that they're going to be very very uh, lethal in australian conditions simply because there is enough bounce on the australian pitches and these guys are very hard hitters so it's going to suit them very very nicely to score and the west indies players as you might know they are very strong guys so no boundary in australia is going to be small for them so these are the important things for each team that is the west indies team and the indian team to focus on uh, keeping in mind the upcoming uh, t20 world cup all right now from west indian perspective look sunil narayan recently uh, has won a game uh, and a tournament for komila victorians in the bsl bangladesh premier league bpl he had a all round performance okay it's in subcontinent conditions so do you think uh, sunil narayan can make a comeback or is he a spent force as far as international cricket is concerned i think uh, in terms of the t20 world cup he it might be tough for him to come back for a long period now he's not been featured in the t west indies team uh beat in the odis or in the t20s so i think west indies have enough young talent uh in terms of you know uh, assessing you know to assess the uh, players but it's just that you know uh, they need uh, to back these players for a, a sufficient amount of time so that they start feeling secure uh, i'll tell you a simple uh, example here west indies have backed puran for a very long time now so they need to pick up those four five you know talented players and back them for a sufficiently long enough time uh, so that they start you know providing results for the west indies team so they need to stop you know uh, chopping and changing very very frequently i have been following west indies team for a very long time every series there is at least minimum four or five new players in the playing 11 i'm not talking about the squad but in the playing 11 there is at least four or five new faces so this is something that you know the west indies team has to consciously you know focus on but as far as sunil narayan i feel you know uh, there is a very very less chance rasul definitely has a chance to you know come back into the playing 11 all right now let's move on to some of the news off field before we go to the main one the ipl auctions that recently happened uh, today uh, the indian test squad to play sri lanka was announced and uh, probably expectedly must be said rahane and pujara were dropped uh, priyank panchal retained his position and uh, jadeja kuldeep both of them came back into the squad and ks bharat has been included as the let's say the specialist keeper along with rishabh pant so when you look at the squad what are your thoughts is this sort of time we moved on from pujara and rahane uh, i think uh, post the australian series that is india tour of australia Uh, where both pujara and rahane had a couple of good innings innings that actually defined the series and then we had the england series then we had the uh, india tour of england then india tour of south africa where through all these three series the performances of both pujara and rahane has been uh, something to forget about uh, given the fact that 
whatever runs they scored in these three recent series did not showcase any kind of confidence or any kind of you know uh, mindset or the body language that was positive in nature it was very very evident that you know these two would probably face something like this so they have been given enough chances i feel in terms of uh, representing the national team as part of the test playing 11 uh there have been lot of youngsters who have been constantly knocking on the doors of testing so probably the selectors felt this is the right time to give the youngsters a chance because the series is a home series so ayer has been performing well uh hanuma vihari who deserves enough number of chances has not been given enough number of chances so you want to bring all these elements into picture right because some day or during some series let's say pujara or rahane gets injured then you give these guys one off chance and then you expect them to perform which might not be a good idea but now if these guys get the entire test series to play they would have you know uh, got enough uh, of a chance to take their mind through the uh, what we call as the test match mindset so i think ultimately the selectors have done a right thing uh, this uh, series is a good series for them to you know give chances to other youngsters and see how they perform uh, when it comes to the batting in the test matches look uh, when i look at what pujara has been able to do even in the recently concluded south africa test series i thought he had an under par series cannot take away from that but i thought he had a couple of very crucial knocks I thought he deserved one more go but probably Rahane had come to the end of his rope this I can concede let's let's see look another round of the first round of ranji games has started today or as currently going on I would say we can just see if maybe these two can put on some runs make their uh, presence felt again Ishan Sharma and Rudhiman Saha both also have been let go this probably is a bigger change because Ishan Sharma has been a fixture in uh, indian test cricket for uh, more than a decade now he's lost his place in the uh, squad uh, for me at least ruddiman saha is coming to the end of his career because of his age right but for these two do you think it's the end of the road or can they come back uh, i'll answer both the points very quickly first is about rahane and pujara even if you score 35 or 40 runs the manner in which you score that is what the selectors observe if you are really struggling and if you have scored about uh, 35 40 runs consuming lot of balls with a lot of misses and nicks and things like that it you are indirectly sends, uh, sending a signal to the entire dressing room or even the selection panel as to how you are seeing the game right now how you are actually reading the game right now are you in the best of the uh, mental space in terms of playing uh, test cricket this is what i feel has hit both rahane and pujara so that is why i think they have been dropped because if you notice their recent innings the way they have you know uh, constructed their innings even though if they have scored just 25 runs or 30 runs it does not matter okay but the manner their the overall look and feel of how the innings got constructed this is what the selection panel is always looking out for 
right now ishan sharma and uh, vridhiman saha right i think uh, ishan sharma has lost a bit of steam when it comes to the intensity of test match bowling no doubt he is a very good bowler in the in india he has done really well and also in the overseas conditions uh, because of his uh, uh, high arm action he was able to uh, do well for the country but i think post couple of injuries he has lost that little bit of steam so in test match whenever you come back for the second spell third spell in the day you want the same intensity to be there so currently i think india has at least four or five good test match bowlers who are able to utilize the seam properly who are able to uh, utilize the swing properly so i think you know probably this is uh, kind of a break for ishan sharma to kind of go back and uh, reassess his own capabilities and see where he wants to work upon himself with saha i think uh, we have rishabh pant doing really well now right and uh, we want probably uh, somebody else who is as young as rishabh pant to feature in the playing level whenever you know pant is not playing so i think you know they are trying to see uh, who else can we you know look at as a long term wicket keeper in the next 3 to 4 years because with saha you don't see them you, you don't see saha playing for the next 3 4 years t- test match cricket right so i think that is the reason you know we have ks bharat you know who's done pretty well in the domestic series as well uh like you mentioned uh, ranji trophy is also going on there is a lot of ice on a lot of different players keeping in mind the wtc which is you know currently uh, it's a new cycle now right so you want players who can you know start giving you results up to the next uh, wtc so i think these are some of the things that the selectors are looking at fair enough the last surprise name in this list is saurabh kumar okay he's a up's uh, spinner he's a a left arm orthodox spinner and of course he's a you could consider him an all-rounder pretty much in the mold of a jadeja but not probably quite as good with the bat so when you look at that aksar patel is injured he's not uh, in the frame for selection so but jadeja has made a comeback uh, what about kuldeep has made a comeback so there are two left arm spinners one of the orthodox one of the wrist variety so do you really see saurabh kumar getting a game or is it just covering bases here see with the new Uh, coach and new captain in place what i have been noticing is that they have a like for like replacement ready so if somebody is not there in the playing level and somebody gets injured they want a similar type player who can fill the similar roster of responsibilities this is very evident with uh, dravid and uh, rohit sharma's uh, partnership here this is what i have been noticing uh so this is one way of ensuring that your game plan is not uh, upset whenever a certain player has to miss out and also remember that we are still uh, living during covid times so anything can happen to any player at any given point of time and also the fact that they want to bring the youngsters and get a feel of how the indian national dressing room is so that psychologically you are already prepared whenever you are asked to represent let's say india a or you are actually asked to play for india itself so they want to have 40 to 50 players who have already seen how the indian dressing room is 
how the team meetings happen what kind of planning takes place so that you are ready for any kind of situation uh, we already saw uh, a situation last year when one indian team was playing in england and the other england indian team was playing in sri lanka yeah so which means that you need to have at least 16 times 2 which is 32 players to be ready to represent the national team so this is a way of bridging the gap between your domestic to international level where in players keep coming and going there are some players who keep who will keep coming and going but in indirectly or you know without their own knowledge they are getting their mindset up to the level of playing for the national team well now the other person who's missing out is kl rahul but he's been uh, injured so he cannot play he's been left out of both the t20 and test match squads when you look at the t20 squad samson has made a comeback and there are not a whole lot of surprises there when you look at the t20 squad in terms of who remains in the squad so ishan kishan is still given a chance as a backup opener or potential opener ruturaj gaikwad is in the squad but he may or may not get a game deepak huda who's been tried in the odis recently gets a chance and uh, for me avesh khan is a good inclusion because he brings that aggression right uh, mohammad siraj is a much improved bowler these days so all of these are good changes sanju samson another chance is that good do you think i think uh, whatever chances sanju has got he's tried to uh, overprove himself this is the reason i think he has failed he is somebody who has immense uh, potential and uh, talent uh, i think the current squad t20 squad that has been announced for the sri lanka series is a very very good squad except for uh, rohit sharma and uh, jaspreet uh, bumrah and uh, of course uzi uh, chahal right uh, you you see everybody else is relatively low, new okay of course there is uh, ravindra jadeja these four players are probably you can say who have played considerable number of t20 matches so but apart from these four everybody else is relatively new and these are the players who have done extremely well in the ipl uh, in any other t20 uh, leagues that uh, that happens in the indian uh, uh, circuit right so like i said they want to bring in players who have the t20 tenacity and give them that chances expose them to certain situations certain processes and they go back if they have to make any changes they do that and they want any player to be match ready so this is the main intention here and also with the t20 world cup coming up if you have at least let's say 32 probables 30 to 35 probables it's a very very good thing to have and you want to definitely pick at least 18 players given covid situation and things like that so they're going to pick at least 18 players so you want to have a good size from which you want to pick your squad so this is a good approach all right so what we have also come to know is that kohli and pant have been released from the bubble yes they have been given a break so that they don't even play the t20s against sri lanka um for me the last thing that remains is kohli had sort of run out of steam he looked a bit lost but only recently in the second t20 he hit a 50 in my opinion i think uh, kohli should have taken a break as soon as the south africa series ended because he he had been absorbing too much of uh 
too much too much of what i can say is uh, the press and the media and you know answer answering lot of different people on different platforms with the captaincy you know uh, giving up the captaincy and the communication or confusion with the board etc etc so i had he taken a break immediately after the south africa series i feel it would have been much much better sometimes you need that break to go back rethink uh, reassess yourself and come back fresh anyways the break that he has got now i think he's much deserved uh, i think he it is important for him to get that break so that he can uh, kind of get back to a good mental space and the the the, the 50 that he scored you know against uh, west indies in the second t20i is probably the most assuring 50 that he scored in a very very long time simply because of the way he timed the ball uh, it's almost like he was telling himself that you know i have started fresh again i'm not thinking about the uh, you know fact that i know i gave up ca- captaincy or i lost captaincy or anything like that i it just looked like he was himself and uh, and in fact he felt happy about it so i think this break is going to do him really well and pant also has been playing con- continuous cricket you know he also requires that kind of a break and remember that he is your main keeper and if he is playing all three formats and then he is constantly sitting up and you know uh, getting back and sitting down so there is lot of you know stress that is happening if you can remember dhoni also at some point you know had taken these kind of breaks you know just sitting out of the match probably not dropping himself out of the squad but probably he sat out of the match so that, you know he gets sufficient rest and workload management is really really important there is so much cricket that is happening so you have to manage your players and you need to have big players for the big matches for big series ready so i think you know it's a good move by the you know uh, selection selection committee to uh, give a break to both uh, virat kohli and uh, Rishabh Pant. All right then. Let's move to the white elephant in the room, the IPL auctions. But before we go to the auctions, let's look at the scenario, the bigger picture. What are your thoughts on this? I'm going to give you a very quick summary about how the entire IPL auctions went this time. Uh the first thing is that uh we had two new teams uh, with the BCI deciding that uh there is sufficient demand from other cities to have their own franchises so which is good for the overall uh, ipl i feel uh, you have uh, two new teams and the second thing is that how the existing eight franchises went about retaining uh, players and what was the thought process a uh, few of them were obvious choices by their respective franchises few of them were surprising according to me and uh, and few of them were shocking because they let them go all right and then uh, with the current auction you know which concluded recently uh, there were a lot of uh, players you know who had enrolled themselves to go under the hammer but unfortunately i think 50% of the players never went under the hammer uh, about 1200 players had registered but i think eventually only less than 600 or close to 600 went under the hammer uh, after including the accelerated auction okay now uh, in terms of the teams themselves uh, the two teams who have won 
uh, IPL uh, many number of times that is Chennai and Mumbai was very very uh, surprising for me to see that how they went about the entire auction process they were not very aggressive uh, they were not uh, it looked like uh, they did not have a very strong plan in place compared to the other teams this is what i felt so on the whole you know to to, to just give you a quick uh, word i feel uh, the delhi team looks really really good uh, this since this was a mega auction the players that they have picked uh, they have planned something for the next 3 years until the next mega auction every player that you see in the delhi team has good capability who have played considerable number of ipl matches and who are still young they got back quite a they they got they got back into the auction uh with a very very strong uh, plan i feel after delhi i f- i feel lucknow has a very good good team uh though they are the uh, new team you know one among the new teams i think uh, their think tank is good with gautam gambhir you know being part of the entire uh, setup i think they have done a fabulous job so overall i think uh, since uh, the number of teams increased from 8 to 10 the demand for marquee players got distributed among the 10 teams so you would probably feel almost every team looks a little bit thin as compared to the previous editions of ipl but i think eventually the new players will go to you know perform on the ipl level and then you know you going to start noticing them so on the whole i think uh, this ipl is expected to be played uh, in india and hopefully we going to have crowd uh, we going to have more number of matches uh, it's going to be two full months so we going to have a good time in india so this is my quick take on the entire ipl that happened i mean the ipl auctions that happened this time all right if you were to go dig in a little bit right let's not go too deep but at least if you were to look on the surface there is this guy called ms dhoni who nobody can call him a spent force nobody has probably the uh, nerves to do that but i would say he still retained as the captain and the keeper of chennai right super kings do you think he'll take a part in the full season and do you think he has it in him to win another trophy for chennai see with uh, dhoni if you notice in the last two editions it has been uh, all the other players in the chennai team who have you know performed well and got them the cup dhoni is just about he just tries to manage the personal that he is given so dhoni himself winning you the cups has not happened in the last uh, two seasons or winning you the matches personally has not happened in the last two seasons it is the other players people like you know faf or you know rutraj gaikwad and ravindra jadeja and uh, even the uh, bowlers you know deepak uh, chahar and shardul thakur these are the guys who have been uh, winning them matches okay so with chennai super kings they just want him as somebody who can move the pawns and you know make the uh, changes and things like that until and unless they see somebody who is that captaincy material i think they're going to persist with uh, dhoni and if, uh, 
but if dhoni himself decides that it's time for him to move on then probably you know the csk management would not say anything but until and uh, that point i think he is going to stay there uh, just ensuring that he gets the right team or you know the people with the right skill sets so that he can just tell them what needs to be done and they going to start delivering that's it i think if he is there as a man manager like somebody like you know mike brearley in the 1980s england test team uh, is it not better that he actually is a mentor i mean dhoni on the field is probably a different uh, equation altogether nonetheless i would say is it not time that csk actually invested in somebody like maybe amberty raidu as the next captain even ravindra jadeja see raidu probably has just another 2 or 3 years left in left in him uh, but if you know that raidu also has history of injury in the last two seasons he missed a few matches because of injury so they probably want somebody who can be a, the captain for the next few seasons at least you know who's a sure shot player in the playing 11 so they are probably doing that scouting still you know who they want to see that potential and uh, and behind the scenes maybe dhoni is already grooming someone in the current squad you never know that and uh, both fleming and dhoni if you notice they are they speak very less they are more of uh, thinkers than you know sayers and then they have these very silent and meticulated conversations between themselves which are very very deep it's a, those are short conversations but i think they have very deep conversations so with chennai i think the belief is that they have to build a very conducive environment and then players start performing by themselves this is the uh, template that i have seen with chennai super kings so i think you know until dhoni himself decides they good they are in good hands all right now the second team that you mentioned was took me a little bit by surprise delhi i, I can agree with you have a very balanced lineup and i dare say under ponting's leadership as a coach they have been doing a good job over the last two seasons this is not the delhi capitals or delhi team that we know from before now coming to lsg super giants of lucknow now they have a new captain kl rahul who's actually been a captain in another ipl franchise but we know this guy has not had a good run as a captain when he got a chance at the highest level what is the reason behind franchise is still trusting him to lead their teams See, in the ipl one thing is that in t20s if you have kl rahul as a hitter who can give you scores of 60 plus consistently at a strike rate of 140 or 150 then probably they are seeing him more of that than as the captain okay that's the first point now since he got the captaincy of india and maybe he did not do well but he has been captain of punjab for a very very long time at least he knows the ups and downs of uh, captaining a t20 team so he will get there eventually and probably he is your best pick among the available batsmen who can give you that high scores and also be able to lead the team so if you want to check uh, tick mark all the boxes you find uh, you know kl rahul as that particular player and the overall composition of the you know the lucknow team is so balanced they have lot of options you know they have these players who played 20 30 40 matches you know if you look at all the players 
they have played that 20 30 40 matches so they have seen enough and they are not too young or not too old so they are they are they will be able to put up that right performance performances with the right level of energy i feel the spin attack of uh, lucknow super giants it's only ravi bishnoi who's let's say one of the names that shines out i see uh, they have uh, enough options they have picked uh, certain uh, domestic players they have certain experienced players so at the end of the day you you want players with intent look you have pandya and huda to who would probably play who can spin but there is no lead spinner and based on our previous discussion in this episode if bishnoi were to be targeted or air quotes were to be found out it, that can happen to bowlers in an ipl season right because it happened to kuldeep yadav i remember then would lucknow suffer no i think in t20 uh, you cannot say that i'll give you a very example i'll give you a uh, the example of chennai super kings kings itself there in their team in the last season they did not have one proper regular spinner though there was ravindra jadeja many of times many times jadeja never bowled his entire quota though there was moin ali he never bowled his entire quota though there was k gautam who, who was bought for a very hefty amount he never got featured in the playing 11 so it's about you know having those right combinations in your bowling attack to be able to pitch in the right areas in t20 you need as a t20 bowler your aim is to get dot balls then wickets will follow you cannot plan for wickets in t20 you have to plan for dot balls which will lead to wickets all right now the other surprising thing you said usually the teams that select well mumbai indians they have not done a very good job you felt no they have not done why is that see they in the first day of the auctions where all the marquee players were getting auctioned they did not go for a majority of players you know most of the time they, they did not even raise their hammer or their card to you know to bid for the players you know they were very very reluctant it's almost like they were saying that i have a very very uh, selected names of players that i am going to go after and i am going to pick only those players and going by that logic itself if you look at their entire squad you feel it's not the mumbai indians that we have seen over the last few years probably they have picked up uh, one too many youngsters i feel uh, they have a few players who have not done anything on the international circuit or anything or 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 even at the domestic level i feel so here there will be lot of nurturing and you know you know developing these players into people who can start giving results for you for a consistent period of time so this season you know i feel you know mumbai indians might be a little bit weak uh, but we need to see how they look when jofra archer comes back for the next season and then you would have certain players who would have already played one season and then going through that mumbai indians uh, mould how they shape up in the next season it's very interesting you know it's pretty much almost like the beginning of ipl yes their mumbai were not that strong at presence in the first two to three seasons after which they have been the most strong yes. team very interesting punjab kings uh, what about this team so shikhar dhawan has been picked up at a fairly costly price than you would think he would command you have liam livingston who's got sold very high, very costly as well 
you have shahrukh khan one of the upcoming people and i dare say somebody who might represent india sometime in the short future you have the new guy odin smith from west indies so all nice names and kagiso rabada has joined them right so what are your thoughts on so, kings so the punjab was one of the teams who let go almost everyone right except for probably mayank agarwal so everybody else they let go so they had their entire kitty available you know in terms of picking up the players and most of the players they have picked you know they i think they have paid them reasonable amount of money it's not that those guys are cheap buys right they are they have given them hefty amounts so i think this time you know they want to see some kind of a good performance in terms of the punjab team entering the playoffs i think that has been the major in- intention now the major uh, the the fact that shikhar dhawan was picked is also uh, because he is somebody who has been the captain in the past he is also the captaincy material and if you know mayank agarwal he can captain the team but in the last season he had some certain injury issues when, because when he when you start playing a lot a lot of matches especially in ipl you are bound to you know if you are in, if you have been injury prone you are likely to get injured again you know now i am not talking about the physical injuries that happen on the ground during the match but you have a history of injury like you have groin and you know you have hamstring injuries so this will keep resurfacing so when it comes to captaincy i think they wanted to have options in terms of the bowling i think they have picked good choices this time so they also have a pretty balanced team i think it all depends about how the team management kind of creates that environment and ask them to ask the players to perform it does look like a very exciting squad you have johnny besto as well who can hit so the three costliest boys they have liam livingston sharukh khan as well as kagiso rabada these i think are like future investments they'll stay with the franchise for 3 to 4 years so we'll see if they just fall short of the knockouts so maybe this time they'll take that additional step with shikhar dhawan leading them now from one team that had player who's just over the hill captain in them to another rcb they've picked fafty plessy as a potential captain or do you see somebody else captaining rcb well with rcb i think virat kohli gave up the captaincy so you needed somebody who was matured and experienced enough to be able to captain the rcb team and also position himself as the captain of virat kohli right mm. so virat kohli has been with the franchise since the day franchise started so Pretty you much. need so you need somebody who has that character who has that capability you know whom you can call as captain and then you know be able to take rcb in the right direction so in that aspect i think the rcb's um, team the uh, the people at the uh, auction you know had their eyes set on faf the moment the day csk decided that you know they won't be retaining faf but this again is like a two season investment potentially i don't see faf lasting beyond one to two seasons yeah probably they're going to try to just do well as long as you know faf is there and see how things go from there on because if you look at the side this is not a team where you can see a lot of youngsters they are all slightly you know experienced uh, players you know players who have played sufficient number of t20 matches 
and players who who you can say they if you look at the entire uh, the average age you can say it's about 29 30 that is what you can say but if you look at the average age of playing 11 that would also look like somewhere around 30 32 i feel so these are the players who have played lot of t20 cricket around the world so they are the rcb management i think is hoping that during the crucial situations the experience of the players is going to come into picture and they're going to see through those uh, matches you know the way you put it is rcb the new csk with the big experienced players in the yeah market. i think so this for this season i think you know rcb is looking like that uh, mm-hmm. csk of the last season last question for rcb look warning to hasaranga was it a good investment at all or was it a overhype i think you know rcb they do not probably want to feel that they shot themselves in the foot at the end of the season you know if one indu hasaranga you know doesn't perform or even if you make him play uh, if he doesn't play perform well for couple of matches and then you decide to drop him it's a huge huge loss for rcb team because this is something that i have not- noticed with rcb team is that they keep changing the team so frequently that it is very rare that one player you know gets uh, a good run in terms of the number of matches even if aaron finch he was not able to get two matches continuously when he was representing rcb so this is something that rcb has to avoid if you have bought a high ticket player let me put it in general across all the franchises if you have bought a high ticket player you better play him for all the matches that is when you know how your investment has done and that is how you will back a uh, high performance player because he might take one or two matches to click or maybe take three matches that is okay because you have paid him that much amount of money because you believed that player is going to perform if you want to drop a player high ticket player after two matches then you rather not pick him in your franchise all right the last question is of course harshal patel uh, was it not relevant that they could have simply retained him instead of letting him go to the main auction then some people simply knew that rcb wanted him back so they kept outbidding them until it became like a 10 10.5 crore see i price think tag. it's not just with archal patel i can give you example of ishan kishan deepak chahar is another example so in terms of players getting retained and then uh, coming back to the point of you know uh, letting them go and then buying back them for a high high uh, price so the franchises some themselves sometimes don't know what is the actual cost value of a certain player the auction dynamics decide the actual price so these franchises might have thought that they would have they would have probably been able to get these players back at a much lesser price but on the day of the auction how the other teams start bidding right so you need to be prepared for that 30% 40% premium so that is what happened so if you are really smart enough you would probably you know plan for retaining such players rather than you know giving them a hefty amount the simple way to assess is that how do you see this player featuring in your playing 11 and what is the value add if you can do that basic assessment then i think you can probably save a few you know crores when it comes to the auction and then retain these kind of players because you cannot arrive at a monetary number for these kind of players you have to see what is the value add and what is their future potential that's it look i i i sort of agree with you but looking that he was the purple cap holder the highest wicket taker last season the improvement he's shown in the last two seasons plus his debut for india 
this guy has gone leap and bounds so you would expect people to bid for him it was almost for me a mood point to simply retain him and then you know it's it's a tough call right somebody like washington sundar which they let go as well for me there was a good chance they should have retained him but uh, anyway it's you know you can always discuss more of these you know you're never sure now moving on mm, kkr well, is this a balanced enough team for you uh, i still feel that you know kkr also took lot of youngsters have you know and also they were looking for that captain so they were really uh, very aggressive when it came to shreyas iyer they wanted a captain who is young who can you know take the team forward they tried to stick to the template that was given to gautam gambhir who at during that time they also bid very aggressively to get gautam gambhir as the captain of kkr and they gave him the team that he wanted so here as well i think that the process is the same that they want to have a very young captain who can stay with the franchise for the next 5 6 years and give them at least a couple of titles hopefully uh, that is the overall uh, ideology i think uh, they have also picked up uh, a couple of uh, known faces they have retained a couple of known faces i think these players might eventually you know uh, you know not be there with kkr in the next couple of seasons okay uh, they have a lot of youngsters that you know that they have picked up overall you know i think th- this is go- this season as well it's going to be a season of struggle for them just like the way they you know had to you know really push themselves if you know look at the last season everybody had ruled them out and all of a sudden they started bouncing back uh, you know they won matches continuously uh with uh, not just one because not because of one player performing because of four five six players who performed well so this season as well i think it's going to be the same uh, situation with kkr uh, there has to be at least four or five players who going to perform consistently for them only then they going to come to into the playoffs all right so let's move on to rajasthan royals so sanju samson retained the captain they've got a couple of youngsters right yashasvi jaiswal and devak padikkal and of course you have josh butler who sort of a mainstay there they have invested a lot in simran hetmeyer and they've taken a chance uh, when it comes to you know their lower middle order rian parag ashwin people like this uh, they've splashed a bit on yuzvendra chahal as well as bolt right vasit krishna now is an up and coming bowler and i think he has his own price all of this when you look at it it looks okay but um are you happy with the way this lineup looks like see with rajasthan i think you have uh, players who are there who can perform but i somehow feel that you know there is some lack of a proper bridge between the management and the players even if you look at the last season you had tremendous uh, capability if you look at the players themselves there was josh butler there was sanju samson there was steven smith there was jessis jaiswal and you have ben stokes remember that ben ben stokes uh has uh, you know did not take part in this year's auction but add ben stokes to that lineup can you imagine you had jofra archer there so when you have seven eight players who are match winners and yet you end up on losing team losing side you know which is which is very very confusing because if a team with so many match winners are not able to deliver results i feel there is lack of communication between the team and the entire management so this is something that they have to fix they have bought enough number of players this time i think uh, they 
they have also invested in some reputed names and along with that they have added few youngsters to the uh, squad to the entire squad and definitely they believe in sanju samson he has been with them since the day ipl started you know he's been with rajasthan royals sanju samson so they definitely believe that samson can you know give them that second title for so it's all about how they do the resource uh, planning and resource management it is very very critical that the the coach you know provides some very uh, specific and executable plans which i have not seen from rajasthan over the last few seasons you have sangakkara as the director of cricket a very reputed and a very shrewd personality yes. but maybe there is something lacking in the coaching setup rather than at much higher level in the management yeah like i said whatever discussions happened have to translate onto the field i think that is where it's lacking hmm. so sanjuk sansam has the, as the captain he has to be more proactive uh which he is not I, i feel because he is somebody who holds back you know he doesn't speak much with with uh, t20 cricket that cannot fly for a very long time right because game is happening so quickly that you have to talk you have to talk uh, you know as a captain you have to talk to the players you have to talk to the bowlers you have to keep it going only then the energy keeps flowing so this is something one is like get the communication right between the management the coaching setup to the players and then you give them ex- small executable uh, you know plans and then samson as the captain has to be more proactive he has to talk more interesting let's see uh, if he's able to you know pick up that uh, gap you know at, or let's say the leadership that is required on the field now moving on uh, srh i think of all the teams look rajasthan definitely are no longer the money ball approach team they now are ready to spend the money but srh suddenly got into a money ball mode no i think uh, they struggled a lot in the last couple of seasons with various things like you know uh, probably they felt there is a lack of in- <clears throat> energy in the playing 11 and uh, they had one too many bowlers you know and then uh, probably they also felt that you know um, the entire batting was dependent only on warner and bearstow with rest of them just you know playing a few balls and then getting out they did not have any other batter later on you know if you look at the middle order who could score a decent 50 there so they probably wanted to change that so they did not want to have a team who who was known for defending low scores but not able to you know uh, chase big scores or, or be able to defend so they completely revamped everything uh, the fact that they just retained williamson and along with two other youngsters was very evident that they wanted a complete new look because simply because the energy i feel was kind of rotten i think the entire management felt that we have a rotten kind of energy and then we did not you know uh, have that buzz in the entire squad so they wanted to completely uh, get a new squad i think they have had couple of good picks i feel uh, they picked up puran uh, with his kind of ability uh, i think it's going to be really nice they have picked up aiden makram who is again a very good t20 player and uh, they do also have two young uh, 
players in Abdul Samad and Umran Malik who have you know who proved themselves in that during the last season with their capabilities so i think you know it's still again it is not going to be easy for them again they have to have at least 3 4 players firing uh, you know with williamson who has been a very seasoned captain i think he'll know who how to manage his uh, resources so you can expect a decent performance from hyderabad as well look they let go of warner and then they bought rahul tripathi at a very costly price was that worth the gamble at all and i think warner was wasted there in srh the season with warner it was not about him being in the 11 i think it was question of him being in the squad itself due to various reasons so let us not talk about that because we don't know what exactly transpired there so with warner it was not about his capabilities there were other factors to that right coming to the tripathi factor he proved himself for kkr he gave them lot of good starts in if you look at the, all the matches he was a consistent performer so i think it's a good deal for them at the end of the day because they want the number 1 2 3 4 to start producing runs consistently that is where hyderabad has lost so they're looking to fix that look the one thing that i think uh, could play srh is ken williamson himself sometimes is injury prone because of his elbow and his knee and so on So in this case, if he is not available there to captain the team, who do you give the captaincy to? Yeah, Nicholas Puran, hmm. because West Indies themselves are looking at Puran as the next captain. If you have observed in the recent series, you know Pollard is constantly you know looking at him, and Puran is already doing the field changes. So I think he is next in line to be the captain of West Indies team. So definitely Puran has that ability, and being a keeper also adds to the fact that it's easy to. manage the team and you know set the right fields and things like that all right now it brings us to the last team gujarat uh, titans now uh, first of all uh, hardik pandya as a skipper for me he's sort of an unproven quantity as a skipper as a player we know he's good on his day but as a skipper they chose to back hardik pandya and then i thought they were a bit passive for most of the auction what is your thoughts on how they've composed their team this is one of the new teams huh No, I think given the fact that it is a new team, they could have done better in terms of the auction. I still don't feel they have a very uh, formidable uh, lineup. Things look uh, pretty fragile here. Uh, the captain himself is very fragile, to be honest. Uh, and if you look at the playing eleven, uh, in case uh, the captain gets injured, we don't have a backup captain here, which is very very surprising to me. So I don't think Pandya would try to bowl in any of these uh, IPL matches this year, you know, because they don't have a backup uh, captain here. I think Wade, because he's captain Australia before in T20s, he's the potential backup there. But it's uh, again a very weak backup, you know. Australia themselves, you know, don't you know have Wade as the backup, you know, they have other players. So I still feel they could have done better. This is uh, this se- this season. I don't see Gujarat coming into a playoffs. All right. Now, when we look at uh, the uncapped Indian players here, people like Abhinav Manohar, Shah Rukh Khan, right? You have a couple of other names, Tilak Verma, right? And then uh, also you have Chetan Sakaria, Ashdeep Singh. There are many Indian uncapped players here. Do you see there is a good balance among the teams of these very? impressive indian talent which you know i'm looking at the next next crop of indian players and not just in t20s but in 
cricket indian cricket overall is it well spread do you think i uh, ideally want to see more number of such players mm. rather than the 10 franchises going after limited uh, number of let's say 14 to 16 players i would rather want to see at least 26 to 30 players who fall into that range and then these 10 franchises going after them which means that it's a sign that our domestic cricket is in a is a very very strong situation mm. so the franchises themselves i think probably have uh, you know uh, looked at uh, the performances from uh, major uh, tournaments that happened on the domestic circuit and uh, you know and also the name that they have probably heard over last few months uh, or probably last two seasons uh, in terms of the domestic performances because there might be many players who are still upcoming who still can meet that potential so franchises i think they need to do a little bit of more uh, you know uh, homework or maybe they have done that homework but they need to be little, slightly open because there are so many players who went unsold right but they these are the players who probably going to surprise you in the next three seasons you might uh, you know feel that hey i had seen this player last three seasons but nobody bought him and then all of a sudden i see him performing so well so this is bound to happen so be slightly more open in terms of you know getting the domestic players they might be uncapped but you know just broaden your horizon then you would definitely find that potential 28 to 30 players and then each franchise can probably get good number of 3 to 4 such players indeed for me ipl is still the molding platform as far as indian players are concerned and the influx of ipl changed the outlook of indian cricket overall and i i would like that journey to continue rather than you know it becomes a platform where foreign players can come and earn uh, so let's see what sort of an impact the upcoming few seasons has in terms of throwing up new players that india can use and i think uh, this year's uh, t20 is going to be really exciting because i don't see one particular team which is looking extremely strong and then you say that these are the these this is the team which is clearly favorites i don't see that uh, every team that you look at you feel that there is one or two uh, chinks in the armor you where you the other team feels that they can capitalize but this is going to be like this you know until unless you have like solid number of players for all you know so good that you know every team starts looking really really strong uh, which may or may not happen in the future but i'm not sure about that but as of you know this year i think i'm really happy with the way the delhi team went about uh, in the auction and also the lucknow which is the new team went about in the auction i think these two teams have really good potential to put up uh, good performances and uh, be part of the the final four that was a very very insightful and a very deep chat and uh, i really enjoyed it so thanks a lot for participating in this chat thank you so much ajit for giving me an opportunity to be part of this podcast i think i really enjoyed uh, talking to you we had some really good discussion points here we covered uh, quite a few series and then events that happened in the world of cricket starting from india south africa new zealand and then the india west indies series that is currently going on and also the ipl which is the biggest t20 league in the world thank you ajit are there any social media outlets that you would like to give out to our listeners uh, i don't have too many social media uh, handles so i think uh, if they want to reach out to me they can probably reach out through your platform thank you very much uh, we look forward to having you again as a guest sometime in the future 
and we wish all our listeners a good day wherever they are listening from yeah thank you guys you know hope you guys enjoy this podcast take care bye 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 this is the armchair cricket podcast